0: Especially Grover. I don't think I've ever met the first name Grover.
1: Isn't one of the Muppets a Grover? Yeah, but that's a Muppet. Then you probably haven't met him. I have not met a Muppet. Have you met a Muppet? Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched Kicking and Screaming. This has to be our first Will Ferrell movie, right? i think so we wait will ferrell yes will will ferrell wasn't in this movie will ferrell was not in kicking and screaming oh it was josh hamilton the baseball player the actor
0: you know wait like wait, first... wait wait are you are you talking about the early 2000s soccer comedy kicking and screaming
1: you said you wanted to do Kicking and Screaming. No,
0: David, you idiot. We're supposed to do the 1995 Noah Baumbach
1: directorial debut. This sounds so cheesy. I don't know why we thought that we would be good at this. You know, the first thing I saw Josh Hamilton in was actually a movie that you and I have done. Um, away We Go. He plays um, Maggie Gyllenhaal's husband. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I watched this not too long ago, actually. I think back when we did some of the Bombback movies, um, the your favorite one, which one is that we did Squid and the Whale and then the Meyerowitz stories, the Meyerowitz stories. Correct. I can never forget the name. And I was just like going through a kick of like, oh, you know, let me start watching all of these. And there's a lot, though. And I didn't make it through all of them. But this is one I did watch um, and I enjoyed it. It's a good, it's like a definitely a good first effort of a movie. Um, I, I, that's been happening a lot lately where like you'll watch, I've been watching like someone's first movie and I'm like, Oh, that's pretty good. But then their second movie is like their masterpiece. Um, and I don't for, know. If it's a,
0: for who? What's your example on that?
1: Um, I think people would say that a lot of people say that with Tarantino. Okay uh Wes anderson well. probably right uh yeah i think a lot of people like rushmore but they're probably his third or fourth movie i think most people think um i can never remember the royal Bombs. i can never remember the name of the royal tenenbaums um you put me on the spot here i'm just trying to say a thing
0: i think i know i've seen josh hamilton in the born
1: identity i think that's where i first recognized him one of the computer guys was yeah. helping out uh, Chris Cooper. Yeah, you and I are doing like two different conversations here. Anyway, I like this movie, um, but I think he gets a lot better. Uh, so it's not like one of my favorites, but it's good. There's like a lot of like funny stuff in the background of this movie, especially. Um, but it does seem like it's a little bit lower budget. But uh, what did you think? Um,
0: <laughs> funny thing is, is that when this movie opens, it's like grad night and it's this conversation. It's a couple conversations cutting back and forth um from uh Grover and his girlfriend. And then you have like another conversation with uh Chet and the lady at the bar, and then you have another conversation with Max and um oh, what's his name? Uh Otis? the guy Otis, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, why is this familiar? Like I was getting strong deja vu vibes. And then it hit me. I was like, I've seen this scene before. And my film professor had me watch this scene. Well, not not just me, but had our class watch this scene to get like a better understanding of good dialogue. What's funny about that, though, is that I at that time, I had no idea who Noah Baumbach was. And to know now that I was in film school learning about how to write dialogue from this dude's like first movie. is kind of funny, like thinking about it that way. Yeah, um, the dialogue's good. Yeah. And it's like very like wittedly written. Uh, everyone has kind of like this quippy humor but there's this point in the movie uh i think it's like the second or third scene where they're all at the bar and um uh at the end of the movie she ends up being his girlfriend but what is max's what's that the girl that grover knows that grover tutors kate 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 comes over and i think she sits down at their table and they're all talking And Max like stops the conversation and he's like, who the hell is this? And Grover explains who it is. And he's like, whatever. And they talk, they talk, they talk, and they talk over each other. And then Kate goes, y'all talk alike. And there's just like silence. And one thing we learn in film school when writing dialogue is to give each of your character like a unique dialect and like uh an individual voice. And what's funny is that yeah the writing is quippy, but they do all talk alike. Like there's not a uh nuance difference in like how each of them talk. They talk like the same.
1: Well they're all they all have that kind of like northeastern college pretentiousness going on. Exactly. Uh, the the main thing that, that comes to mind is when he's like, you know, I've been to Prague and she kind of looks at him, he's like, Well, I haven't been to Prague, been to Prague, but I know that thing. And I was like, he's like, you're gonna come back and say, like, the coffee's not as good here. And she's like, Oh, well, it's the beer. But like that whole the whole beginning and a lot of the movie is kind of has like a pretentious feel to it. And so they're all they're all sort of like that. But I think the characters are kind of well defined like in different, but maybe the way they talk, yes. I can see being very similar. And the fact that he's kind of like self-reflective and self-effacing enough to say like, Oh, wow. All you, all you main characters talk the same. I think is funny.
0: I know it is hilarious because like, I could imagine one of a huge, like a huge criticism. I think most filmmakers students get, and he probably could have like gotten it so much that he wanted to make like a, a point to call it out in his like directorial uh, debut um, is that maybe he got like a review or a criticism from his professors saying like you, you make your dialogue and your characters all sound the same. So he, he wanted to like slap that in uh in their face. And it, it, for me, I kind of feel the same way. If, if he feels like that is that I, for me, I, I don't think that's what makes up a character's individuality. Is oh, okay they have kind of the same like if you're from a certain place I guess you all kind of talk the same but it's and he does this in the movie he gives them each like a, a huge personality trait or traits that well define like okay, this is Max, this is Grover, this is Skippy, this is Chet, like, I know who these characters are because they are so different from one another.
1: Yeah, no. One thing I will say is, and why this isn't like my favorite of his, and it, it's with a lot of directors when they're starting out, is like I think the I think he gets a lot tighter and like his characters are a lot more defined later on. So like when the when the girls were like uh, Miami says it, and then Kate says it different times, like you guys are all fucking the same. You all talk the same. da. I was like, oh, I didn't really notice that, and it's like it. I think later on he's like better explains his characters where when someone describes someone, you're like, oh yeah, that's fucking that's like that's Jeff Daniels, you know, in Squid and the Whale. Whereas here it's <laughs> like, I get what he was going for, but I think he's just gotten better since then.
0: No, definitely, definitely. And and another disappointing thing that I like contemporary bombak more than old bombak is the father figure. In this movie, I can actually like stand like I like them. And I'm like, no, I want a father figure to hate.
1: Well, he, I guess he went through different stages with his dad. So <laughs> um, one thing I do like throughout this movie, though, is there's just like characters in the background that are talking that are just putting out these jokes that you can easily miss. Like one of the guys in the backs is like violence is always necessary sometimes and one of the guys is like, so what if I disagree with you? You're gonna punch my fucking face? <laughs> the guy's like, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, and then uh <laughs> another guy's like, Did I tell you about losing my foot? And this is all just while Josh Hamilton oh, is yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. walking by everybody. No,
0: it wasn't let me tell you about losing my foot. He goes, the thing about losing a foot or the um the advantage of losing a foot it's like and but the point was is that he did he his foot wasn't even missing so what does he know about it right well the thing with that first thing uh scene is that it's a conversation between josh hamilton's character grover and his girlfriend um girlfriend's name jane jane i was gonna say janet yes jane um you mentioned the, the Prague thing. Well, she wants to go to Prague, right? And she's, she's going to Prague. Oh, she's oh, she's going. Um, and he's reluctant to go. and I like how he just assumes he's not invited. So he starts like shitting on on the idea of going to Prague, and she's like, "You could come with me." And he's like, Uh, I'm not going to Prague, you know?" It's he's like, I've been to Prague and it's like that, that whole thing. Right. Um, but he's so, and that's the whole point of the movie is that the, these group of guys are so reluctant to grow up and leave college because they're like top dogs or at least they feel like they're top dogs, you know, finally being seniors. And then it's like, Oh, great. We finally feel empowered in this situation. And then we're going to be cast into the real world. We're, were nobodies, so that whole thing kind of scares them, so into like almost like staying on on campus housing and visiting the walking around the campus frequently and and I I like how they're all like uh yeah we don't want to grow up we don't want to we don't want to go out into the real world oh but we definitely don't want to become
1: Chet <laughs> just, just like yeah, Chet's my favorite part of the opening too when the The one girl comes up to him and she's like, clearly very interested. And she's like, so uh, what's your major? She's like, I'm a philosophy German major. She's like, Oh, are you close to graduating? I've been here 10 years come January. And you just see like, just the light come out of her eyes. And she's just like, well, now I have to get out of this conversation. And she slowly is turning away from him. And then she's just like, great night. And then just walks away. And then he tries to talk to her later. And she just beelines right past him like, nope
0: my uh because it keeps cutting back and forth from different conversations in this uh opening scene when it cuts back to chet and her my favorite <laughs> my favorite part about that is where chet's like yeah this is a pretty good party not as good as four years ago and definitely not as good <laughs> as like five years ago six and seven uh, were pretty blurry but
1: yeah it just kept better going. than three years ago well above three <laughs> <laughs> no that's great i um i <laughs> also Otis is like yeah I, I'm having an issue now where I'm like not remembering things when I'm drinking he's like were you blacking out I was like no not blacking out I just can't remember things and Max is like well that's because you're an alcoholic and you need to get help
0: there's multiple times in this movie where Max and Otis have running jokes um like the tendency for Otis to lie and then take back the lie right away like is that a pajama top you're wearing no no yes you know, like sort of, sort of things like that. But the other thing you reminded me of was the one where he goes, "Oh, I'm I uh, I'm not remembering stuff. Is that bad? Should I go see a doctor?" And Max is like, "Yes, that's horrible. That's really bad." Like uh, later on in the movie, he's like, "He's like, I have the tendency to just, just wake up screaming in the middle of the night. Is that bad?" He's like, "Yeah, you should go see a doctor for that." Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, I um, a couple last things before we leave graduation night. I love when uh, he was like, oh, uh, uh, talking about Josh Hamilton, uh, Grover talking to Jane. He's like, you know, we were supposed to live in Brooklyn. It's like division two Manhattan. And she's like, well, Prague is division one Bratislava. And I was like, that's such like heightened wit. Like, you know, as he's writing it, he's like, this is good shit. But it's like only for like a certain, (laughs) certain people actually care about this. And then he's like, what's for me in Prague? And she's like, I don't know, Kafka, coffee houses, like Prague shit. What's really funny is asking that
0: question, what's for me in Prague, the answer should have been her. Right. Right. But the fact that he couldn't see that and the fact that she saw that he couldn't see that kind of was like, okay, we're done. And I like how we don't even get a breakup. We get the ultimate question like, well, if you're not going then and I'm going and he's like, yeah, then what are we going to do? And it's just this silence of like, well, they're they're gonna break up, and, the, and it leaves the audience to figure that out because the very next scene he sits down with the guys, and he's like, yeah, she just broke up with me for Prague, you know. Yeah, they were so.
1: doing the game, the game, and he's like, ding, Jane broke up with me it's going to Prague. Uh, also, like when he's like, you know, gets mad at her because she's stopping smoking. He's like, I never smoked, and now I'm up to two packs a day because of you. And she's like, how is that my? fault? Well, yeah it's kind of a shit deal I,
0: I, I understand I actually sympathize I got I understood his dilemma with that
1: but can't let peer pressure get to you man <laughs> Um, I do like to and this is such a uh, I mean a lot of good filmmakers do this too but a lot of filmmakers do this in their early stuff mm-hmm. and so the way he divides it up with like chapters basically so the three months later which is I guess just you know, this is at graduation. So three months later, like the life cycle of college or even high school, really, but college three months later, like, oh, the new kids are going back to school. And now it's kind of sad that they're still hanging around their old school because they're no longer the seniors that just graduated. They're the adults that haven't started like adulting yet.
0: There was a scene in a conversation. I forget between who, but it was someone was like, oh yeah, we're going to go up to like O'Malley's or whatever. It's like, oh yeah, they love us up there. We're heroes to them. And they're like, maybe three months ago we were, but now, now it's just kind of sad. Yeah,
1: it was called The Hole, which is such a good college bar name. Like it's probably one he just took like from his life. Yeah. Um, But it starts out with Otis at the airport. And this is something I noticed like, the second time he goes to the airport, he's just carrying a huge like poster four by three foot framed poster onto the plane. Do you know what that poster is? No, me either. Oh, good question. But (laughs) I don't understand. I guess I didn't fly much before nine 11. So I'm not like well-versed in whether that was okay to bring something that big on a plane.
0: Um, you're questioning that and yet i'm questioning the mini television that he's he brought himself
1: he like didn't check anything he's like must not trust like that whole system um i also like too they're like he's freaking out and max and grover just like we just have to act like moms at a nursery school and just walk away and they just leave him there he's like we can't do anything more for you um the uh
0: housing i guess you would call it their apartment it's not really apartments like a like a house um they come back to i you know you said the background characters say a lot of funny things but like a lot of the main characters say hilarious things like either out of the frame of the scene or under their breath that that you need to catch and um when max is unloading groceries he's like oh black eyed peas why or something like that it's like who who bought black eyed peas and then like five seconds later you hear grover being like
1: i spent my last 20 bucks on groceries this this entire movie is like 30 minutes of plot and then like an hour of side stories um what plot The, the jane grover thing and then mostly like growing up i think growing up is the plot so yeah there's really not a plot um i do like when they're leaving the airport too. max and this is kind of just the whole thing of the movie but max is like you know i could have just said this is like a bad summer i'm having and now it's like you know this can turn into like a bad life you know you know each each year between freshman and sophomore and etc you could just be like oh you know i'm just taking the summer off whatever and now it's like i'm taking my life off like i need to get started and that I think that feeling for anyone getting out of college is like, unless you have like, you know, your dream job lined up where some people do, but everyone has that feeling coming out of college, like, shit, what do I do now? I have to grow up. Especially the three
0: months after graduating, <laughs> you really start feeling it then. Um, the, the part where, you know, we, we start to get kind of, um, to know these characters quite a bit uh in this in this scene we know that max's parents are wealthy and that kind of like trickles down to him but he doesn't want he's like you know my parents are wealthy i'm not you know um but the uh overconfidence and the the kind of um Attitude that Max gives off, he does a very good job
1: of like, Oh, he's a kid from privilege, he is, but he also gives off to me someone who is very not confident in his own skin by being overconfident. No, I think he goes after people because he's not, you know, he doesn't Uh, know what he's doing with his life, he doesn't have as much success with like Skip as Skippy does, say, you know, with women. so I think it's just yeah I think he's he lashes out at people because of you know
0: does uh, a little... does Skippy have success with women? Yeah, apart from his girlfriend, which to be and honest, and the fr- don't
1: do do not forget about the freshman biddies. I don't think you're allowed to say that. Um, that's you don't you have no idea
0: what a biddy is. <laughs> I have a good idea, and I'm not saying it. Um, okay. Did you get that they were boyfriend and girlfriend? Because I, th- I did not get a romantic vibe from them.
1: Miami and Skippy? Yeah. yeah it's fairly obvious. But he's, like, the entire movie is, like, one of my least favorite characters because he's kind of just a piece of shit. He's also a little stupid um he played the guy who is acting plays that very well but um yeah he's just trying to cheat on her the entire time right like as soon as she walks away he's like all right we got to go to the hole we got to get these you know these freshman girls um i do like they're doing like these double entendres about tennis um and he's like, "Oh, I'd like to dirty love her." And Skippy's like, "I'd like to fuck her on the tennis court." If you get my meaning, <laughs> wait,
0: wait, wait. Okay, I I know what senior you're in, but before we get there, you can't forget of the cookie guy. <laughs> <laughs> and and so there's this like guy going around who who's selling cookies from door to door or whatever. And right. so they they hear a knock at the door, and um, Max and Grover jump to the floor. Um, to avoid the cookie guy and then otis walks in it's otis like never left the airport and he sees them on the ground and he jumps to the ground and he's like cookie guy and they're <laughs> like
1: it's you dumbass." <laughs> <laughs> right no that's good and then i like too so it does pan to the uh which you pointed this out to me that there was no bomb back I think Skippy helping Miami move back in. Oh, yeah. Noah it was a- asking the guy, like, would you fuck a cow or let your mom die? Cow fucker. And then I also like he asked the guy, would you fuck a cow or a turkey? He's like wild or farm raised. He's like, I don't know. Just answer the question. <laughs> um, my other like,
0: like you said, the, the, the things happening in the background is funny. But then while Skippy is helping Miami move in that guy who did like a semester abroad comes in and he's speaking all like in a European accent with like a long trench coat and a
1: fucking, was he wearing a beret? He really gave me beret vibes, but I don't think he he was. He wasn't wearing one. He definitely owns one. I'm pretty sure he smokes a lot of cigarettes now, like chain smokes because that's how the Parisians do it. Right. Right. And he was just like
0: thinking, well, he was saying what everyone was thinking, at least what I was thinking. He was like, What's wrong with this picture with Miami and Skippy together?
1: I think he was like, why is Skippy here? Oh, because he Skippy graduated. graduated. Yeah, yeah. What yeah, are you yeah. What are you doing? And also that dude's probably trying to have sex with Miami. Oh, 100%. Um, <laughs> Skippy was like, I wish I had my, taken my junior year abroad. Miami's like, because of that guy? He's like, no, no, that's not why I thought of it. But yeah, that's yeah. I would like I would have liked that. <laughs> um. Also, the
0: props that they're just holding, like when Noah Bombac is talking about the, the cow fucker situation and Skippy comes up and he's just, what is that, like a goose lamp he's holding in his hand? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's just, ugh, I don't know. And you don't really think of Baumbach as like a, like a comedy writer, but he is funny in a lot. Like, he's funny in a way that you would think college kids would think they're funny, but it's not really funny but because he's hitting it so accurately um it is funny like when um when so otis is inside and who comes through the door but i think chet um with he's like oh a present here's a dictionary and then he's like oh i'm gonna look up blowjob (laughs)
1: like looking for a photo I like to, I think it's Otis, but I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure it's Otis broke a glass in the kitchen and instead (laughs) of sweeping it up, just puts a note. That's like careful broken glass. It's Grover. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then they're like, all right, let's go to the bar, which is funny. They're like, let's go to the bar. But the bartender of the bar they're going to is Chet, who is just at their house. (laughs) I didn't even Um, think of that. Yeah. But they're like, oh, let's go to the bar. And he's like, oh, I want to see if they get the stain out in this, uh, the stain out. And Max is like, it's a detergent commercial. Of course, they're going to get the stain out. And he's like, but it's bike grease. And then you kind of see Max like change. He's like, oh, really? (laughs) Like, okay, they got it out. Let's go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah so uh, you know this movie kind of reminds me of um my wife's favorite movie everybody wants some just on the fact that it's kind of like a college aesthetic and the plot is meandering and there is a plot about the main guy if you want to call Grover the main guy um and his relationship with this this girl um but all in all it's kind of just following each of these dudes is like well for everybody wants some, it's they're like they're in college and they're female endeavors or whatever you want to call it um but also with uh with dazed and confused is kind of like that too where the plot's just kind of meandering in and of itself as this like uh, group of guys with with very different um different different attitudes but the same like motivation i guess you would say um but then instead of like the 60s and 70s where those two movies are made it's the 1990s so this kind of hits a bit closer to home where you do have these like moments of like infomercial breaks and stuff like that
1: yeah and also there's so many times when i was like oh yeah that doesn't like that plot point doesn't really work anymore you know what i mean Oh, because it was like, like
0: 20 years ago or 30 years ago? Yeah.
1: Yeah, because it's stuff that I understand. But, uh, you know, there'd be conversations. they be like, oh, you just look up that answer. Or uh, he's like, oh, I, I want to call Jane just that fucking dial country code. And Chet's like, yeah, that's a bitch. And it's like now that's so easy to, to get in contact with someone in another country. The answering trying, machine? I'm sorry? The answering the answer, machine? Oh, yes, the answering machine. Yeah, no, exactly. Like 1990s. That was like a key plot point in a lot of movies was the answering machine.
0: Every time Jane talked on the answering machine, it reminded me of swingers like that 95, 96 kind of vibe. Except she was kind
1: of the sad character instead of a guy. That's true. That's true. Um, I like the, uh, the scene at the bar. Oh, we didn't talk about the Jane's first voicemail, which every time like she leaves a voicemail, it prompts like a flashback from Grover and we get the first time they met, which was in an English class. And what I like about this, like, th- I think this is the scene that probably sort of establishes that Grover is Noah Baumbach, Um, If you didn't know it already, because like she talks, you know, he, he reads a story and everyone's praising it. And then she's like, I don't know, all your characters just talk about the most trivial shit. And it's like, they don't t- talk about anything important. And it's like, that's the movie we're in. You know what I mean? That's right. like the movie he wrote. Um, I just like I like that flashback and then the rest of them I think are are very interesting. It it is a little bit like does it tie together well enough? And I think it this movie is more of just like a it's a little bit of a nostalgia piece, which is kind of I mean it wasn't a nostalgia piece in '95, it was a current thing, but watching it now, it has that feel to it. Um it's a um
0: <laughs> it's it's dating itself a lot, but the weird thing about it too is that, in almost a uh, like a foresight thing, like with movies that came out in the nineties, who would have known? Like, oh, you make this thing now, but it's become so much more appreciated later on. Um, the uh, the part where it transitions to flashbacks. What did you think of that? Like that whole like black and white still image and then slightly more saturated and then completely saturated. And then that pause, freeze frame. And then we're in the scene. Like, I felt like it was a bit long, but I mean, surely you knew you were in a flashback at that point.
1: Well, that's a lot of movies, 80s, 90s now where you didn't trust the audience as much. And so you're like, we... And especially when the studio gets involved and like, Oh, the audiences are stupid. We have to let them know they're in a dream. Cause otherwise they'll be like, why is Jane back? I thought she's in Prague. Jane just left a voicemail from Prague. How is she now? Why are they acting like they don't know each other? Why is Grover in college? Didn't he graduate? <laughs> uh, with this movie being
0: like a, a very tight hour 30, hour 35, I think. Um yeah did you know it was not allowed in the con film festival because they requested for bomb back to cut it by 15 minutes and he refused therefore it's rejected yeah they wanted an what wanted
1: an hour and 20 minute movie that doesn't even make sense no hour
0: 15 uh yeah i guess since it's 134 yeah hour 20 minute i i don't understand i don't quite get
1: the logic in that i'm curious if they're just like we want it shorter so it fits in a certain like a certain time slot maybe you know because they're programming it's that or were they like we don't like this scene we don't like this scene cut this like i doubt it was that so it's probably just trying to fit it and it's like yeah i mean you know a little bit good for him but that's also that's, that's ballsy right your first movie and you're like fuck him i'm not we're not going to con
0: yeah 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 well, I mean, on top of that, it's like he somehow after that got the opportunity of, of making a lot more movies um, all the way up to doing um, Marriage Story, which I think now it's like if his I, I felt like you have to be kind of a, a connoisseur of film a little bit to know who Bomback is. But now with a Marriage Story, I think because of Netflix, everyone kind of back is a more of a household name now.
1: Uh yeah, I'd say so. Uh marriage story, I think, definitely was, you know, the people that didn't know him at that point now do. Um back to it real quick. Not real quick for the rest of the time we talk, hopefully. I like when they're the scenes when they're at the bar. Um you know, there's a lot of good stuff. Max is like, oh, I'm which this is kind of a point I was making earlier. Max is like, I'm nostalgic for combos I had yesterday. He's like, I'm nostalgic for things that haven't happened yet, uh, which I think is like a big feel of this movie. Um, But I love, oh, and this is when we meet Kate and Max pretends like he doesn't know who she is. And Kate's like, yeah, I think he's just being a dick. He's met me. But Otis not sending the beer back that has like a piece of chicken wing in it. And Grover's like, dude, I'm not going to let you complain to me about it if you're not going to send it back. And he's like, I just want her to like me.
0: <laughs> I think that's like, what, like social anxiety wrapped up in one scene. Right. Um, but the fact that he drunk it and you could hear the chew and Max is just like, this disgusted look on his face. Um, so good i i actually had to pause it rewind it and then bring my wife over to to just watch that one scene and i'm like that's you when we go out to restaurants and you don't uh, like your food
1: yeah i i hardly ever send anything back unless it's just like gross um would you send it back would you send the beer with the chicken back
0: i just wouldn't have drank it you just would have let it sit there. This is what you would have done. You would have let it sit there. The waitress comes over and it's like, oh, you don't you don't like it or she sees it herself and then she makes her move on giving you a new
1: one. Probably. Yeah, that's probably the passive aggressive way I would have handled it. Um, I don't know if there's a piece of food in my beer. I would probably like, yo, there's a chicken wing in this <laughs> and it's not a whole if it was a whole chicken wing. <laughs> I might have just eaten it, but it's like a piece of a chicken wing, so... You don't know where that thing's been. Yeah. Um. So next they go to the freshman bar looking for freshman biddies. I'm pretty sure that word's final on. Um. I don't like it. The only part I like at the actual bar is... <laughs> Skippy's like, look, it's fuck shit ass cock. <laughs> That's Fish over there. He's cool. <laughs> it's like, you're such a fucking loser.
0: That it's always evident, like, oh, you you don't know that person, but you know of that person and you're just like way overcompensating that, you know, that
1: person. I feel like we've all been there in college, especially in college. Um, But the final scene I want to talk about in this section of the movie is Grover's at the dorm party with the girl who also didn't have her her fake ID got taken. And he calls Max, who has left because Max, like, I don't want to fucking go to this bar. And uh, he's like, "Hey," and asks him some random trivia question about Josie and the Pussycats. But like today, you'd just be sitting on that bed with like the forty ounce and just like googling stuff, right. like or on social media. But instead, he's just like in his thoughts because he's bored. And then he's like, "Who is that?" Okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna call Max because I know he's at home doing the crossword. Um, and then you see the girl slowly like kicking everyone out, and like some of the other guys were like, "No, oh, I thought you were gonna." Let me stay. <laughs> just let everyone get out. <laughs> um,
0: I like the scene where so right after that she closes. Um, who is it's it's Max? It's Max, right? It's Grover. Oh, it's Grover in the in the bedroom?
1: In the dorm room, yeah.
0: Oh, that's right. Okay. So he so she just takes her top off. She's just naked for this whole scene. And he sits down in bed with her, or he, she sits down next to him and he's like. I'm, I'm not sleeping with you and she's like hardcore putting the moves on him and he's like a cuddle but we're not having sex
1: and then she's she like, just <laughs> calls him a pussy
0: yeah <laughs> this
1: yeah that that scene i was like that's interesting if you could do that today without having people being like that's inappropriate i think because of the sexes of the two parties like which side is doing what people would be like, but I still think people would be like, would point out like, Hey, that's a little wrong. I think five years ago,
0: it's fine today with equality. I, (laughs) I think, uh, I think people would be just as
1: outraged. Um, I do like when he's on the phone with Max and she takes her top off. uh, He's like, hey, sorry, I got to go. I got to sleep with a freshman. Um, And she's like, I hope you didn't mind if I took my top off. And He's like, well, just this once. Um, And then she's like, I'm not going to, you know, this is a one-time thing. I have a boyfriend. I'm not going to leave him for you, but this just seems like the thing to do. And I was like, yikes. That's like, you're the worst type of people.
0: And she doesn't show back up ever in the movie
1: again. No, oh, yeah, that's because that's all she wanted. She just wanted the the college experience. Did you know who that was? I don't. I don't. Did you ever watch Entourage? No, that's uh, Mrs. Ari Gold right there. Okay, I don't know. That means nothing to me. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Uh, and now we're at the fall semester.
0: Yeah. Um, and I think now, since we're getting kind of closer to the end of the movie, we are given more flashbacks of grover's time with with uh jane and uh it's just like it's after actually i I think this happened before maybe correct me if i'm wrong but after their initial meet in the class he goes to this coffee shop that she works at
1: uh yeah yeah she's uh it's the place she works at and it's once again it's like after a voicemail that she left and she's like i finally read war and peace it was good of course, it was fucking good. And she's like, oh, yeah, American coffee sucks. And that takes him back to like her, uh, her working at a coffee shop and like some dude smacks her ass out of nowhere. Yeah. And then she like sits down with Grover and they, they talk. And she's like, you know, I, I really did like your story. And da, 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 da. she's like, oh, she's like, I have a response for your witty comment. He's like, 14 hours later, she's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when everyone thinks of a witty uh, response. Um,
0: yeah, so that, that kind of just cemented more of like the relationship coming from like just meeting to potentially boyfriend and girlfriend status. I think a couple more flashbacks later where they're more cemented in a, in a relationship. What's interesting though, is you kind of learn that this is his like senior year that they got together and he wasn't really looking for this kind of relationship this late in the college experience. Cause he's like, inevitably, we're just going to break up, you know? But then there's this like holding out for hope sort of thing, which I kind of think is sweet, but it's unfortunate for us as the audience, because we know what happens and we know that like he's right.
1: Yeah. But it is also a little, I think the point of the movie too, is like the better to have loved than lost, you know, type, bullshit too you think uh noah bomb
0: had a had a heartbreak in college
1: probably i think all his movies are semi-autobiographical i um and that's i think the why the reason it's portrayed the way it is right in flashbacks so that we you find out the the bad in the beginning but then you get to see like the the sweet journey of like how they got together and why they like care about each other so much and why spoiler alert in the end he like wants to get on a plane and go you know go get her back
0: it's an interesting Uh. progression through the movie where we start with the breakup next is how they meet and then it's their relationship forming from then on um and it's kind of like so apparently this movie in the non-con film festivals that it was in actually got really great reviews like from the from the critics of the festivals and stuff in which it was submitted everyone really loved it everyone was like oh my god what a stellar director's debut for a for a new director and and like a lot of people were like oh we expect really great things to come out of you and you know obviously they weren't disappointed but um this whole format of like flashbacks mixed in with like before and after relationships was a big thing i felt like in the 90s
1: uh yeah yeah and i think it was just you know probably some copycatting going on there too um the only other things i want to talk about in this fall semester section Uh one this is this is when max and miami like have their little cheating affair thing going on um Otis is going out for a job at like a movie video rental store. And the guy has like just this like funny, like very specific where he puts movies. He's like, all right, where's Turner and Hooch? And he's like, oh, it's comedy. He's like, no, actually we have a special section for dog buddy movies. Okay. (laughs) But the the funniest scene and one of the funniest scenes in the movie is the Chet and Otis book club. (laughs) And like Chet clearly has read the entire book and then he says like yeah i thought (laughs) i love the part where he's like the horse is astonishingly 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 beautiful good good job and disturbingly arousing (laughs) and fucking otis is like yeah too uh yeah i just the how beautiful the the horse was and how like disturbingly (laughs) just repeating back what chet said and chet's like what the fuck, dude? Like, my, my favorite
0: part about that is when they're both starting to open the book, and Chet goes, Well, it's a good thing we're both fluent in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> and Otis just like looks like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not even realizing, like, first time opening the book, like, not even realizing it's in Spanish.
1: Yeah, that's good. And uh, now we are at midterms. And I I love like it almost carries like off from where it was previously. They're at another book club and Otis once again hasn't read the book. But Max is there and Max is like, what the fuck is going on? Why is he here? Like, I, you know, I didn't want, you know, people here. And then the, uh, I think then Otis like turns on the TV and Max is like, that's a waste of time. And Otis is like, fucking crosswords a waste of time too. And he's like, well, at least I'm learning words. Um, And this all leads to grover walking in and he's like uh so are we just going to talk about the fact that you fucked miami no this was at the bar this was not at their place this was at the bar and he's like i fucked miami and he's like i know it's like what did that's skippy i don't know somehow you're getting skippy and grover mixed up but at their house grover's like so you fooled around with Miami and he's like, yeah. And he's like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do about this? I don't want to know about this. And Max is like, then give it back. Cause Otis had accidentally told Grover and then Chet was like, yeah, I found Otis told me too."
0: Oh, that's what happened. Because then at the bar with Skippy, he's like, you fucked Miami. He's like, what did Grover tell, t- tell you? And he's like, Grover knew. It's like, no Chet knew.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. He's like, Grover told me, Chet told me and Otis told me. And Otis <laughs> told me. Yeah. Yeah, I actually was like, oh, is he going to fucking fight him? But no, they didn't go that direction.
0: Well, it's it's Skippy. Skippy kind of just cheating on her the whole time, too.
1: Yeah, I think at one point, uh, Max calls someone weak and pathetic. And uh, Grover's like, well, those are the operative words. Because he's like, what you did was weak and pathetic. What a strange friendship they all have. But yes, yes. It's and a- then... It's amazing that they're friends with Max. Max is so cool. How- Max is my favorite character. Yeah, he's 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 hard to be around, honestly.
0: Really? I think out of all of them, it would be really hard to be around Skippy. All, all of them. <laughs> they're, uh, just, I, they're all so I, pretentious in their own ways. Like if you're not just as that as they are, then I don't think I think that's why they're I think that's why it works because.
1: Otis isn't Otis isn't pretentious. Otis Skip- is
0: Otis is pretentious, but he's pretentious in a in, in a different way. And I and and you see that when people are like trivia time for him, it's like no matter what else is going on, he wants to answer those trivia questions.
1: Yeah, but uh, and Skippy doesn't know what that word means. So trivia or pretense. Um. There's another flashback. It's at the coffee shop again. And she like, (laughs) like when she's like, gives him 50 cents. He's like, what's this? And she's like, I like to pay people when I tell a bad story. And he's like, Oh no, I was interested in it. I'll just, I'll just keep a quarter.
0: Um, I think where we are is,
1: is, uh, Grover's dad comes to town. Uh, not yet. We are where, uh, Max, for some reason max goes back to his college cafeteria to eat and he's like i'll take spaghetti and a potato and she's like uh oh, those you can't have two entrees and he's like fucking potatoes and entree and then in order to get that free potato he's like hey so uh you're kate right i know you and she's like oh yeah i know you too like they both now pretend not to know each other when clearly that was like not that many months ago um, right right and then, like, they immediately kind of like, oh, okay. And then he walks away and then walks back up. He's like, Can I have a potato? She's like, Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I, I don't know why Max is my favorite character, but he is. I resonate most with him, I think.
1: That's good. That's good. Maybe not good. Depends on
0: well, not because he slept with age of, 17, no, age no, no, of con- no.
1: age of consent and the legalities there, yeah. I um we are now at almost Christmas. Uh Jane calls again and there's a voicemail, and then she says, Grover, I just wanted to tell you. And he like hits the button because he can't bear to hear what she says there. Mm-hmm. So he's still going through it. And this is when Grover's dad comes over. Mr. Gould played by the great Elliot Gould, yes. Um
0: he like i mentioned before is not a father figure in a bombback film that you hate um but he still has his moments that are like still low-key um disappointment in his son such as what just like he wants him to kind of like move out get a job and he's like you can move in to the to the what is it? A townhouse or something? But I need you out by the end of the year or something like that, right?
1: Yeah, it's just he's like. I mean, I don't know. Just seems to be pretty supportive. He's offering him a free place to stay, and then like a pretty good internship if he wants it with his his new lady. I really, I really like all you know the whole standing by the window and Grover's like, "Is it still there?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah." That car has everything I own right now, so I really can't afford to get it <laughs> stolen. Okay, so
0: this doesn't make sense to me. He drives the car up to the house. It's in the driveway or on the side of the street. He can see it from the window. Yet the next scene, they're walking through the campus. And then he's like, there it is, the 97 Volvo. And it's like Grover seeing it for the first time. But I'm like, didn't they have to take that car to get there? Like, that didn't make sense to me.
1: I just thought they took the yeah I thought he had to drive his car there Um, I didn't think that he was like oh this is the first time I'm seeing it Um, I do love too he's like dating has changed so much it's like you know now with you know condoms like by the time I get the condom out I lose my erection (laughs) (laughs) and was like dad I don't want to hear this Uh, yeah Um, that uh, yeah (laughs) He just comes in for like one, like great five minutes. Um, it's like kind of cool that he was able to, you know, get him for this movie, you know? Yeah. Um, after this, Max goes out with Kate. Uh, she gets the whole thing where she threatens some dude who likes to go bow hunting. She fucking goes crazy.
0: So that's actually one of my favorite. I think one of the best wittiest things is this kind of shows Max in a different light too. how he is not one for confrontation and she gets out as this like redneck trucker and she starts yelling at him for getting in her parking space and like you said he has his bumper sticker that says I'd rather be bow hunting and Max looks at it and he, he can't stop repeating those words and he's like just stop yelling at him because he'd he'd rather be bow hunting just get back in the car because he'd He'd rather be bow hunting. He's like, he would be doing literally anything. He'd already be wanting to go bow hunting. I was like, what is this? What is he scared of? Like the guy's going to come out and start like bow hunting them. Yeah. So I, I just thought it was one of the funniest scenes in the movie.
1: still can't believe you like Max. Sorry. I just do. Let me explain to you why you shouldn't like Max real quick. Okay. Just wait like, on uh, me lay it on a sojourn uh-huh. so first he cheats on one of his best friends you know sleeps with his best friend's girlfriend mm-hmm. then presumably sleeps with the high schooler he makes fun of all of his other friends including making fun of the dude who you fucked his girlfriend
0: Sounds like a total Chad to me. So I don't really see what the fucking problem is.
1: Yeah. 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 People who graduate college dating 16 year olds. Definitely. Definitely Chad material. So let,
0: let me let me be clear. I do not condone his actions and he is not my favorite character because of his actions. And obviously I do not condone like that's way too much of an age gap. And
1: no, you don't have to. Like, what do you do? You worry about getting
0: canceled here? I, I, I am. I'm being. I'm being very clear that I do not condone any of his actions, and my comments are sarcastic. However, however, things were a little different in '95.
1: Okay, God, you were doing well, and then you. Things were different.
0: But that is not why I like Max. Yeah, I, I mean, he's just kind of a he, dick.
1: I don't even care that he dated Kate. I don't really care that he had sex with Miami because Skippy the whole time is trying to cheat on Miami. He's just a dick to all his friends. It's like, I wouldn't put up with that. Honestly, I don't know how you put up with me. I was going to say, David, he's you. Ah, I'm funnier.
0: No, see, that's the thing, though. Is and that less I, pretentious. Uh, you're way less pretentious. pretentious. No, 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 no. See, the reason I like Max is none of those things, none of his actions. But he is the character who is i would say probably the smartest and the wittiest and given the best lines than all of his his uh friends and being the smartest and the wittiest is probably the biggest difference than he has from you
1: so i've said my piece that was a long setup for an obviously false statement miami tells skippy that she cheated on him and then she's like you make me sad skippy all you and your friends are the fucking same. Then they start arguing about their classes for some reason, which is like a total like non-adult college thing to do, right? Like, oh, you're taking this stupid class, you're taking this stupid class. And then she tells him to get out. And this is another moment where it's kind of like a little weird. She's like, get out, get out right now. And he starts making fun of her. And then she just starts laughing. And it's like, that's a little like you probably need to handle that a little better today. Um, but then when we go, I don't really want to hang on that scene too much because I Skippy's my least favorite part of this movie. Uh-huh. But when we go back to Kate and Max and he finds out that she's 16 and like her birthday is tomorrow and he's like, oh, you can start reading uh, Seventeen magazine and you'll get the references. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. The fact that he's blatantly aware of her age too even makes fun of how young she is that is kind of weird
1: yeah um and then before we get to our next point in the we get to f- the finals Grover's in a dorm <laughs> he's with this girl they get there and the foreign dude's fucking the roommate and they like close the door but then the next scene it cuts to him being in bed with her she's like oh do you have a condom and you like the other couple is just like laughing at them he's like no i don't have my wallet and she's like, hey, can I borrow one? She's like, oh, let me look. And Grover's just like, at this point, like, oh, fuck, I just want to get out of here. And he like stands up and knocks the box. Well, actually, it kind of seemed like Grover was like, oh, we don't really need a condom, which is like, yeah, not the smartest. But then the he was like, knocks- invented in 95. Like, why is everyone weird around a condom? I-, I don't get that. Well, no, his dad was weird around it because he's old and he was been married this for so many years. And he's, you know, PP don't work like it used to. It.
0: Um
1: but why is there a bong in the middle of the room? Like the foreign acting guy gets so pissed cuz he knocks the bong over. Your bong is just sitting in the middle of the fucking dorm room like why is it right there? I like
0: how when they walk in he's just butt ass naked and, you and like, like that. Thanks. Thanks. Just just think about. Think about the things you say before you say them, okay? this is 2022. I can like it if I want to like it. Okay, you David. Can. Okay. that's absolutely I don't, fine. I don't need you making fun of me for that. Okay. It's just this like very common thing. And I've never had a roommate in college. Um, I don't know if, if you did, but I could never imagine just having sex with a girl while my roommate is sleeping in the, in the fucking bed next to me. It's <laughs> just, <laughs> um, or like, like what? Uh, bunks, like the top bunk? No, man, I can't do that. We're going to her place.
1: I don't I don't know. Well So I lived at home for uh, undergrad and we visited my friend at the University of Florida and we went to a bunch of different parties like around the campus, like adjacent to the campus, not on the campus. And he got so drunk and we took him back to his dorm and he like fell out of my friend's truck. We dragged him into the dorm room, used his keys to open the door and his roommate is in bed with his girl, his girlfriend. But I think they were just sleeping, but I don't know. We weren't looking and we just fucking threw him in there and we're like, not our problem anymore. Like <laughs> we got him home. Like you have to deal with this. <laughs> My friend forgot something, so we opened the door back up and we just see my friend, like, trying to climb the top bunk. <laughs> um, Now we're at finals. So I assume this only takes place over the fall semester, right? Uh, Yeah. Which, although, if it was almost Christmas and then finals, that has to be very close in proximity. Um, <laughs> I love the beginning of this when the video guys, like, He's like, oh, this movie idea I've got is so shocking. It's like a son lives with his mom and they fall in love. It's like they'll have to invent a new movie category for this movie. It'll be so shocking. People are just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> um, and then we get
0: uh, one of our final flashbacks is with uh, Grover and, and um, Jane in the uh, in a bar. And this is kind of where they're like, they're friends and you can tell, like, I guess they've been friends for a bit and they're like trying to get romantically involved with each other. At least that's how I took it. Right. Is I on the right track. Yeah. And this is the part where it comes out that he didn't want a relationship. He's a junior or he's a senior first semester senior and he didn't want this relationship to be what it was so late in the college game. And then it's about like, she's like, you know, we could take a chance. It doesn't have to be anything. Like she's trying to make it like the best deal that she's trying to, like still wanting to be in a relationship with him, but doesn't want to make him feel too tied down. That's how I took it. Another thing about, about her is her like thing with her retainer. Or she keeps like popping out her retainer. And then whenever she does have a retainer, she's like, I don't know. I think the acting with like having the retainer and acting like how one would with a retainer
1: was very good.
0: And for all I know, she could have just been cast of actually owning a retainer.
1: So. She's been a ton of shit since this. I, I love when she, they were talking to me. She's like, you know, the things you take for granted. She's like, like my name, Jane 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 and then you just go over to chet he's like chet chet (laughs) like to himself yeah oh and that this is the scene too grover's like uh so it's after that flashback and grover goes to chet at the bar and he's like you know he wants to know how jane's doing because he knows that they've been like exchanging uh postcards or whatever and he's like i love a bartender that drinks with you know makes me think i'm not being poisoned um And this is when he talks about like the long distance code thing, but you find out Chet like slept with a professor and has a child. Yep. And he's like, you know, everyone just, you know, goes to college to figure out what they want to do with their life. And he's like, I figured it out. So I want to be a student. Just want to keep doing this for the rest of my life. And I was like, that is crazy
0: we also skipped a glaring uh, plot point with Skippy, probably because you hate Skippy, but Skippy re-enrolled back into the
1: college. Yeah, he's taking classes for some reason. No one knows why. Um, We also get the meltdown uh, of Skippy at the bar and, and Grover's like, hey, Max, quit being so mean to Skippy. And it's mostly because he's like, hey, quit being mean to the dude who you fucked over. And then Skippy's just like, I know you slept with Miami because she told me and Grover told me and Otis told me. He's like, oh, wow. that's Max is like, that's fucking great. Um, And then he's like, just I want to let you know from this point on, hold on, let's let the clock hit. From now on, our friendship is over. And Max does not seem very hurt by that. I don't know if any of the group seems to really care about that.
0: Yeah. Uh... It it's kind of funny too what, what Bomback names his characters like Grover, Max, Otis, and Skippy and Chet. It's not like apart from Max, probably
1: I don't do you know anyone with any of those names? They sound like uh Northeast Wasp names. Chet, Grover.
0: Especially Grover. I don't think I've ever met the first name Grover. Isn't one of the Muppets of Grover? Yeah, but that's a Muppet.
1: Then you probably haven't met him. I have not met a Muppet.
0: Have you met a Muppet? We went to Sesame Street land. That's a that's a Sesame Street character.
1: Those are Muppets.
0: No, that's a puppet. A Muppet. I'm not ta- I'm not having this conversation with you. Listen. Uh the names actually kind of like sound like what those characters attitudes are. Like Skippy is kind of flippant, uh, Skippy. Right. And then you have Chet who's kind of this like pretentious guy, but also it fits his whole, like never wanting to grow up, uh, grow out of being a student persona. And then
1: Chet's not pretentious. uh, Chet's a little pretentious. No, there's no pretense about him. He is what he is. He just wants to learn and, you know, raise his child and tend bar. And Grover, I feel like, is just
0: kind of uh, just also a perfect name for, for him. Otis is kind of like a dopey kind of character, and I feel like an Otis is kind of a dopey kind of name. And then, I swear, Max never says it in the whole movie, is short. For Maximilian
1: it's gotta be that was your whole big point for this name thing that was the the final that's it's all a point it was all a point so we're at the airport Otis finally is deciding to go to grad school uh Max is going to become a philosophy professor and is also going to go to prom which that's nice of him (laughs) the line of as they're walking away from the airport, he's like, "Get your tongue out of my mouth, little girl." It's like, okay, like definitely playing on what we're talking about. But the final scene, I don't like that much. Um, where Grover
0: is like tries to buy the ticket. So I like that scene how how it builds up where he's he's walking out of the airport and he sees the sign for international flights and he's like, "Shit, I wish I'd never seen that."
1: Yeah, I um. To me, I just, I don't know. It was a little cringy. It's like, it's definitely not how airports work. You can't just fly to another country like day of. I I guess you can try. You do need to bring your passport though. See, that's the thing. That's why
0: I actually really liked about this scene. Because he pleads with the the booking agent about like, he has to be on this flight because the love of his life. And he gives his whole speech, how he has to be on this flight. And she finally gives in and then he can't because he forgot his passport. Like that whole setup I thought was actually very well written.
1: She's like you can always go tomorrow. But he doesn't have the gumption to go tomorrow. The drive, the motivation. And, and he won't he won't call Jane in Prague and be like, "Hey, I love you. Let's uh, let's get back together," but he will fly but they're right 12 hours. Right? They're all like liberal art
0: and like they're they all have this like idea of romanticism like one big romantic gesture to like seal the deal um so he is not one for for a phone call it's not big enough it's not it's not romantic enough david
1: i don't know i think she'd appreciate it just answer she's probably pissed because he won't call her back at all you know she's left like several voicemails she's clearly not over him I mean, he's really the cause of the breakup, you know? No, I I agree. I agree. Um, I do like how it ends, though. It's on another flashback where they finally, like, basically are getting together. And he does this whole thing. He's like, I just wish we were at the moment we were old and I could just kiss you and you'd think it was sweet. Because if I did it now, it'd be kind of weird. Um, but I would just wish we were at that moment. He goes, if I did it now, it'd be weird. And if I did it the first time I met you, you'd probably hit me. <laughs> right um that's all it and i I like the ending uh one interesting thing i read about this is that the person who was supposed to be the lead actor which i guess is grover dropped out so josh hamilton had to take over but for financing purposes they were like hey we need a star in this and so bomb actually called eric stoltz and was like hey i need you to be in this movie and he was like sure and they had to create the character of Chet for him for this movie.
0: That's cool. With this being Bomback's like first film and stuff, it obviously wasn't like a, a box office hit, but I think it made back a little over half of its budget. Its budget was something like 1.3 mil, and it's only it only made like 750 grand. So financially it was a failure but um as far as like like i said before like reviews and critics uh really liked it so i think for like a day for for your directorial debut you don't really expect it to be a financial success usually i don't think at that point you're investing more in like your career as a filmmaker long term than this like individual movie do you do does that sound right to you
1: um so you know how we did beginners right mm-hmm. so the director of that was like i really just want my movie to be financially successful enough so that i can do the next one he's like and then i just really don't give a shit so i think probably a lot of them feel that way you know there's probably inside of them they want to like do really well but i think they just want it to be financially successful enough so they can keep going and they probably do would prefer like the lot it's from you know From the critics. That makes sense. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon, And I finally watched Kicking and Screaming.
0: Not the Will Ferrell movie.